Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 720 for March 24th, 2022. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. I am delighted to have back to the show, Jill from the Northwoods. She's here to talk about a journey she's been on. And um, I think she might blame me for some of it as an enabler. Um, she is switching from Windows to the Mac. And I had nothing to do with this, right, Jill? This, this was totally not oh, my fault. Totally out of the blue. Didn't have anything to do with you except for lots of different steps. She brought me a cheesehead from Wisconsin, and I convinced her to buy my uh, one of my Macs. Right, I got the Mac two thousand uh, MacBook two thousand thirteen Pro. Right, right. So let's let's back up a little bit. And uh, you've been a Windows person your whole life. What on earth possessed you to change? Well, I was interested. Mostly the reason I wanted the first MacBook is I just always was interested. I was curious how it worked. I like technology and I like playing with things. And so when the opportunity came to buy a used MacBook from someone I trusted, then I thought this was a good first step to just try it. Yeah, you really do like to try new stuff. You uh, you have bought more equipment in the last year than I think I have in the last five years. And I thought I was <laughs> I was bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, and this made it much worse, so it's getting worse. Uh, well, uh, you've certainly gotten into having a lot of fun with your uh, your podcast and doing recording, and uh, and that's been part of the interest too, right, with uh, recording the podcast? Right. My Windows machine was my productivity machine. I also played games on it, but I wanted a podcast in a box, I called it. I wanted something where I could just manage my podcast, the feed, everything a part of it, and the MacBook was the only place I could really do that. Okay. So uh, the podcast, by the way, is called uh, Start With Small Steps, and you should all go subscribe to it because it's awesome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. So we're, so the journey starts with uh, you bought my used MacBook, and then, uh, but then you had a long transition time. That was a couple of years ago. I mean, that was pre-pandemic, right? Right. That was, yeah, in the November before the pandemic. So we're talking quite a while ago. And I played with it and tried things out, got apps for it, tested it. And I didn't have a laptop at that point. So it became my laptop where if I traveled or went to my friend's house and we were doing something, it was my laptop, but I didn't use it day in and day out. So it, would you say kind of the difference between being immersed in a country and having to speak the language versus <laughs> maybe going to class three times a week to speak it for an hour? Right, which means you never really learn it that well. You learn enough to get by, but never never enough to really do anything. Yeah, maybe I would think you'd get to the level of just being annoyed by it, probably. <laughs> like, like right. why is this button over there? I can't find that. I can't get this to do what I want it to do. It, it, it's got to feel clumsy, I would think. Yeah, hitting delete and not having things delete is just the end of me. <laughs> I'm like, why don't you delete? <laughs> command so, yeah, it, command it, delete, so. by the way. If you hold the command yeah, key down, it does it. Yeah, that's right. Unless Sandy you're showed me that, and unless you're talking about deleting text, by the way, then it's uh, Control D. Oh. I think it is. Is that right? Right. Let me let me see something like that. Yeah, yeah. Control D does that, but I think uh, maybe Function Delete does it too. Yeah, Function yeah. Delete. All kinds of things make delete, but not delete. <laughs> right. So a whole lifetime of different habits. I won't say bad or worse, um, but different habits. Uh, cause me, you know, frustration. Absolutely. And I don't know how to troubleshoot things if something goes wrong. And so it, you're getting to the point where it's more frustrating than it is fun. But I do like learning technology. So 
I okay. dig that kind of thing. I can, I can see that. I, I did use Windows for a number of years at, towards the tail end of my work, maybe three or four years. And I just, I just never felt like I was really good at it, where I was really good at the Mac. And I think it's probably the opposite for you, where you could make, the, you could make it sing. You could make it do anything you wanted it to do. And the Mac is constantly having to learn it and figure out where did those things go. That's right. Yeah. I was even a Windows 95 support engineer. So oh, wow. I learned everything, even the deep, dark stuff that most people don't know. <laughs> so so what about what about applications? What was your process there to start? So moving? my applications to start moving is, first of all, I just decided I wasn't going to buy anything that wasn't cross-platform at least. You know, I'm, I was looking at what kind of programs I was using for raw photo editing. has to be cross-platform. I was looking at ways that I can do more productivity work. Well, luckily, Office is there, and that's cross-platform. But everything had to be in both places. That way you would be sure to try to do it at least. Yeah, and have it available, because I could see that the MacBook was my future, and the Windows machine is dying so, slowly, and it w- and I had no plans to buy another one. Ah, so you, you sort of gave yourself a, a deadline. Like, you don't know when that deadline's going to be, but it's coming, and you right. can you can sense it. Right, absolutely. So I knew it was coming, so I just said you cannot buy anything that won't go both places because it's a waste of money. And I think that helped you a lot with the podcast, too, because you're, uh, you started using Hindenburg, which is cross-platform, which right. to me is the worst part of Hindenburg because it doesn't act quite like a Mac app. There's a lot of things where I'm like, oh, you don't realize that it's supposed to do this thing, and, and it's just missing some of the, the just natural instinctive things. But to be able to use it on both platforms was probably perfect for you. Right. And it reminds me of a Windows app, to be quite frankly, and I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> My friend used to be a com arts major, and we used to edit actual tape, and it's made for, I think, people who used to do that. So I understood it right away. Yeah, it's it was named after the first uh, radio broadcast, which unfortunately, I believe, was of the Hindenburg crash. So right. I get all kinds of grief from the live audience for using an app called Hindenburg and then being surprised when things crash and burn. <laughs> it doesn't crash. Right. I don't have right. Okay, so uh, you're also a gamer, though. And Macs aren't really for gamers. No, but it's getting there. There are a lot of games already that are cross-platform. I drive some truck driving games uh, unexplicably, but I like driving. And Civilization was in both places, along with Minecraft and The Sims. But there are some games, most of them that I play, that just don't cross over. And I even tried running them in Parallels Desktop, and they don't go that way either. so. So did you decide to just give up on those, not play those games? Well, I didn't throw out my Windows machine, and so what I did is it was already hooked up to my television, which has a game mode to it, which means it has a faster, it doesn't process the video. So I will play games on my television while my MacBook is on my two monitors. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. That sounds good. All right. So so you've got it, and then then now you've got some apps running on it. What happened next? So I do have some apps on it. Uh, I do have a Mac Mini as well. And that one became a dedicated podcast recorder because my upstairs room has the best sound. So it's where I actually record my own podcast. And there's a desk up there and it's it's a nice work environment. I also got connected because of you to Carbon, uh, carbon Copy, copy Carbon Copy bl- Cloner, right? Yeah. And now I have it backing up all my files on my Synology drive and then sending 
uh, it to a an SSD card or SSD uh, drive so that I can have it further backed up and then sending it to Backblaze, which you helped me all set up. Okay. Okay. So this is this is what I love about Jill is she doesn't just go in and go, okay, I'm going to learn to use pages instead of Word. She's like, okay, well, I got to learn to do backups and I need to get, and you bought a Synology and so you backed up, you're, you're backing up there and then you're doing the offsite backups and you've got an SSD backup. So you've got uh, belt and suspenders there and dove into some of the, the higher tech stuff that most people don't even do, I think. Right. So Mac Mini now is dedicated as a backup machine and a podcast recording machine. My MacBook, meanwhile, is for everything else. And the a, uh, the uh, Mac Mini is actually an M1, correct? It is an M1, yeah. That was my first Mac, other than the MacBook 2013. Right. Now, actually, that's a good point. You, uh, are using, you are not using the MacBook that you bought for me. That's right, yeah. So that's uh, the later part of the story. So it, Oh, I don't want to jump ahead. <laughs> Okay, well, we can we can get there when we get there, Teaser. but it's coming soon. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, at this point, are you just crazy using the laptop all the time? So I'm barely using the laptop, but I use it from time to time, and I'm learning it slowly, but not well enough to uh, unannoy me. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I do have the Mac Mini. I'm recording on it. I am going downstairs and editing my audio on my Windows machine, which also runs Hindenburg, and it's just a nicer setting downstairs. All right. And so it's bare minimum. You told me something about always keeping your laptop in a bag. Yeah. So I take it over to my friend's house because apparently when we watch TV, we're all so bored we can't just watch TV. So <laughs> yeah, we, my friends are on their iPads. I'm on my MacBook. And we're just doing other stuff, too. We also, my friend and I are looking at doing a podcast together. And I bring it over and we record off two microphones right off the MacBook. Oh, okay. All right. But you didn't. So it was. You weren't using oh. it very much when you were just throwing it in a bag. You said, "Not right." It was just so it was just sitting in a bag, and every time I'd leave to go to my friend's house, I'd just grab it and go. Okay, but at this point, you're kind of feeling like uh, you're you're still not getting good at it. I'm not good at it. I'm not learning it. I'm not even really playing with the software that I really hope to play with more. Like day one, I'm not. I'm just not even using it much. Okay, so some sort of decision happened. Well, first came the new MacBook Pro. I decided that if I was going to be a podcaster and I was going to do more in podcasting, I needed a better laptop. And I kept hearing about the new MacBook Pro that was going to have the M1 chip in it. And so I waited patiently. And then came the announcement. So I dove in right away and bought the 16-inch MacBook Pro with the one terabyte of hard drive. Okay, so you did you get the uh, M1 Pro then? Uh, the M1 or the M1 the Max? M1, the one in the middle. Well, there, the there's middle chip. Yeah. Uh, there's two chips. There's the M1 Pro and the M1 Max on the 16 inch. Yeah, it's a Pro. It's not. I was going to say, did you sell a kidney or not? That's how you can. Tell. I did Which not one? send a kid. I didn't send a sell a kidney. Sell a kidney. Okay. Okay. But good. they took my picture because it was my first MacBook. So did they at the store? Yeah, oh, how they sweet. did. Oh, that's really yeah. that's fun. I like yeah. that. I didn't know that. And would I told do that. him it was your fault. <laughs> and did you now one of the standard procedures we do require of all no silicastaways is that you go when you go into an Apple store is you change at least one, if not all of the Macs to the homepage to podfeet.com. Mm. It gets wiped the next day, but yeah, you're and then you take a picture of yourself. That's that's a standard. Okay. Next time. I'll do that next time. Right. <laughs> so now I have an even better MacBook Pro that's sitting in a bag upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so you weren't, you're still not using it. You're, you still weren't using it. Yeah, so I'm still not using it. And then this feels like a three-part act, right? I am a full Windows user. Now I'm tinkering with Mac. And now comes the third act where I was in bed one night and I was frustrated because my Windows machine is getting older. It's not able to run many things well anymore. Even some of my games aren't running well. And I was trying plugins with Hindenburg. And it was causing the export of the audio file to go for 30 minutes. Oh, wow. And even at that length, it was stuttering. It couldn't. It just couldn't do it. Mm. And I'm like, well, I guess I just won't use plugins. I won't do that. <laughs> I won't play that game anymore. And then I'm thinking, you have one of the most powerful laptops available sitting in a bag in your guest bedroom. And you're frustrated because your old Windows machine isn't working. Yeah, I mean, what's the pro- wrong with you? <laughs> and it's not the Windows laptop's fault. It's it's aged. It's it's you know it really wants to just sit in an easy chair and be the the uh, gaming TV uh, PC. That's yep, that's right. So I thought, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to yourself when you have and you paid money for one of the best laptops you can get? And it just the next morning, I got up, switched the whole thing around, oh, moved really? it into moved it downstairs. Try to figure out how it's going to plug it into the monitors, and I spent the whole day doing that. Actually, yeah, that that was uh, an interesting question you posted on in Slack, podfeet.com/slash/slack. Um, you were asking about how to plug in two displays, and all of us instinctively started telling you all about docks and and things you could buy in the dock category, which are a lot of money and solve all kinds of problems. But I remember thinking, you know what? What she actually asked was, I would like to plug in two monitors. That was all you asked for. And so uh, I made a suggestion, and I think you bought it. What was that? That's right. It's the OWC to uh, USB-C dual HDMI 4K display adapter. And you're right. It was exactly what I needed. I didn't really need a dock. I don't have a lot of peripherals that I need to plug in or need more ports. And so I just needed to get my two... Dell monitors that have HDMI and DisplayPort to somehow work with this MacBook. And that was all I needed. So all it is is just two HDMI ports that go into one USB-C Thunderbolt 3 port, and you just plug it in and both monitors are there. I think it's actually Thunderbolt 4 now, but uh, yeah. Thunderbolt 4. The uh, OWC uses uh, DisplayLink, which is part of the trick. You know, when I suggested that, I think I had in my head that you had bought a MacBook Air, or we were talking about your Mac Mini. I'm not 100% certain you needed that now that I think about it because you can drive more than one display with the MacBook Pro. But that device would allow you to run two displays on your single Thunderbolt uh, controller uh, Mac Mini. Well, it met a goal that was important to me in that, and it was an unsaid goal, is that first of all, it kept it charged. Second of all, it was just quick and easy. All I had to do was plug in this one USB-C and then I'm in. And then I unplug the one USB-C and I'm out. And oh, so it nice. made it very easy for me to throw it back into the bag again and take it with me. And so while I never said that on my post, it was exactly what I was looking for. So hang on. You're, how are you getting charged through through that uh, device? It has uh, input. USB-C that you're supposed to hook up to a 90-watt power charger. Oh, okay. Okay. So you've got power going in. So you've got three ports uh, going into one. It's got power pass-through and the two uh, HDMI ports? That's right. Yeah. Oh, 
oh, that, so that's all the goodness of a doc that you needed. Right, absolutely. I mean, the doc would have done that, except had all this other stuff and cost a lot more. I think I think that was, was it like 129 or 179? It might have even been 119. I don't recall off the top of my head, but it was not much, you know, in comparison to docs. And like you said, I didn't really need the full doc at that point. Yeah, I'm going I'm to look it up real quick and uh, just so we don't get people to confuse. You're right, 100, 119 bucks. Boy, I saved you money. You saved me money, right? <laughs> Just like you saved me money by having me get the less expensive MacBook Pro. There you go. Yeah, see? You, you, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so now you've got the, the MacBook Pro hooked up to these uh, two Dell monitors. What else do you, mm -hmm. uh, do you have set up with that? So I have my work computer, which is a Lenovo, which is also a very good laptop. And it is plugged into the... Uh, monitors as well using the display port outputs and then i have my old windows machine which is also still plugged into the monitors and there's a soft switch that i can just switch between monitors so i could have both on the macbook one on the windows one on the macbook or everything at work because i'm working that day so all three pcs i'm going to call them all three personal computers are plugged into the two monitors at the same time that's right yep Boy, I need a diagram. I didn't even know you could do that. So what are you using to switch between them? There's just a button on them, and I can switch between them. There's also a soft um, monitor app that you could switch between the display ports using the app. So huh. you can either push buttons or you can just switch it on the apps. Oh, but don't the apps have to be running on the three computers? Yeah, you would. I can't do it. I can't run it on my work computer because they don't let me install everything, which is okay. a good policy. But I can run it on the MacBook. But mostly what I do is I just don't have a machine open at the same time. Oh, okay. My Windows machine is off. My MacBook is up. My MacBook is off. My work machine's up. And so it just auto-decides. Oh, okay. Super easy. If it's the only one awake, it goes with that. So do you have a uh, – what's your keyboard and mouse situation? Do you have three sets of them or – I use a Logitech MX3 which is a mouse, and then there's a keyboard, and the keyboard is fantastic. It's a um, really great keyboard, but it can switch between three devices. So I can decide which thing I'm doing and I've push the button real, for it. I've heard really good things, things about the uh, Logitech MX. A lot, of yeah. people, a lot of people swear by that. Very yeah, cool. no, it's really great. So I, I like um, doing that, and that way I can just have the least amount of hardware sitting downstairs. <laughs> All right. Um, so now, what else? Uh, what else in terms of hardware did you need to buy, or do, did you not need to buy anything to go with it? Well, I did decide to buy an Anchor USB-C charger that does 120 watts Oof. and does 100 watts out of the USB-C device because I have my work laptop, I have my MacBook, and I have a bunch of iPads and iPhones and all of that. So. This one device will just charge everything. Okay. Because I just don't want to travel with four different adapters. I could just travel with this one, and it'll charge everything I have. Now, is that a, uh, is that a gallium nitride, so it's not uh, giant? It's not. Um, the Belkin was the only one that had a comparable one that was. Okay. But this had more power output. People said it didn't get very hot. So I ended up going with it just because it had a little bit more power output. Oh, that yeah, that is nice. I've got a 100-watt from um, uh, Hyperjuice, and I just realized that if I plug anything else into it, I mean anything, like a, a USB-C light, it won't, it won't charge my laptop. 
And it's like, oh, come on, I can, you can charge my laptop on a 65 watt charger. It just takes a while. But this is like, I'm talking overnight, it went from 53% to 63%. So yeah, it might be better to go with something with a, oh, that, that's a nice one. 120, 120 watts, all 120 bucks. Yeah. Dollar a watt. It's solid too. It's solid too. If I get mugged in my hotel room, I could uh, run away. Club somebody uh, with it. And club some with it. Yeah. So it's really <laughs> solid. And it, like I said, it'll charge everything. So that was my goal. And then the other thing I bought was an Anchor, I think it was uh, 9 and 2, um, looking for, it's an Anchor 9 and 2 port. So it uh, goes two USB USB-Cs hub? into the MacBook. Yep. Okay. And then just has a bunch of extra USB ports on it. And that's what I use when I'm recording at my friend's house so we can get two microphones into the So Mac. it's to add USB-A ports to your computer? That's what it's for? Yeah, and you know, I only really use it then. You know what's funny is I'm actually in the other camp is all of the adapters I can find are USB-A. They add USB-A, and I don't want a USB-A. I want my USB-C ports back that I lost when they when they added the stupid HDMI port to my laptop. It's just like, ah, I didn't want that. So I actually, I haven't done a review of it yet, but I just bought the, uh, the Satechi four-port USB-C hub. So it basically adds four USB, well, that'll add three because it's four minus one because you have to use one to plug it in. But uh, I, now I'm going to have finally enough USB-C ports. I'll quit whining in theory. So I want to switch gears and talk more about the... Um, the 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 feeling and the and the stuff you're learning what what do you feel like gets in your way what what's unnatural what's backwards or sideways yeah it's hard because part of it is that delete key i changed my sc- scroll direction cuz sandy told me i could change this the way the scroll is which i liked when i changed the settings so it scrolls up instead of scrolling down which makes it more like windows and the, the Mac way is the natural way, while I guess my way is the unnatural way, which made me <laughs> well, laugh. I think they, they called it that because it's the way you would do it if you were if you took two fingers on an iPad, you would scroll right. up to push the content up. So they changed right. it on us. And a lot of people had trouble switching. Um, I just bit the bullet and switched right away and was annoyed for maybe two weeks and then it went away. And now I, it drives me nuts when I see somebody doing it the other way. But you do you, girl. That's right. <laughs> and... But I like Explorer, Windows File Explorer, better than I like Finder. But I think it's because I don't really know Finder. So I have a list of things to learn. So one of it is to learn how to dock and undock better. I heard you talking on the SMR podcast about uh, undocking uh, external drives quickly. And so I want to get into that. Uh I want to learn Finder better. So there's I got a list of things to learn. So you you said you bought uh, Parallels Toolbox, correct? It's got an eject button. Ah. So open open Parallels uh, Toolbox, find that little eject button, put it in your menu bar, and never take it out. You click that, and everything ejects. Everything ejects. All of your drives eject. Anything external, you know, NAS drives, whatever it is, they all eject. And, and then just comes basic troubleshooting. For example, I had some issues with this hard drive I bought to use on backups, this whole oh, plan yeah. I have with my Mac Mini backup. And suddenly it was just generating 20 to 30 errors. And then I'd fix them or close them, and then it would generate them all over again. And I just didn't even know where to begin to mm. start troubleshooting that. Now, that one so, turned out to be a hardware problem, right? I think it's the hard drive. I need to check with the software makers and see if they've seen a problem with the 
hard hardware for that, but I suspect because I switched to a new SSD drive and that didn't happen. It didn't okay. happen anymore. Okay, that's but good. you just don't even know where to start. Right. And so that's part of it is I don't really understand troubleshooting on a Mac. When I decided I was going to use um, why can't I get a carbon copy cloner? Mm-hmm. <laughs> CCC. CCC. When I'm going to use CCC, now what I do is my podcast folder syncs to my MacBook because I'm going to go, tra- I'm starting to travel again. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to record a bunch of podcasts. I'm going to sit in my hotel room and edit podcasts. Mm-hmm. So now I'm using that software to bring down all my working files on my podcast and then put them all back on Synology all the time, back and forth. Oh, oh, interesting. So I'm getting even more um, sophisticated with that. But at one point, it said, well, what do you, you know, I'm thinking, where do I want to put this folder with all my podcasts? Do I just want it on my desktop or do mm. I want to put it on the hard drive directly? Like, I just don't even know the structure of how things should go. Yeah. And it, another thing that can get confusing, it's a good thing, but it is definitely confusing, is if you turn on syncing of documents and desktop in iCloud, you can have the documents, your documents and desktops will, sorry, everything in documents and on your desktop will show up on your Mac mini and on your MacBook Pro and on your iPad and on your phone. They'll all be I, everywhere. Yeah. And that's why I did end up putting that file on my desktop because I do kind of want that. But I was thinking about when you're stuck in a hotel and the internet's terrible, you know, I wanted, I don't know, I I wanted to also back it up a different way. Yeah, yeah. Technology. Uh, so do you have those turned on or not? Yes, I do. You do? Okay. So, yeah, it's it's actually getting hard to find a spot on your computer that isn't getting synced to the cloud somewhere because between OneDrive and, and uh, Dropbox and Google Drive and iCloud, I, I spent some significant time going, where could I put this that isn't going to sync somewhere because I had one thing that I didn't want to sync, and it got, it got a little bit tricky, I thought. Yeah. So I think troubleshooting, you know, so in general, but yeah, you know, if something goes wrong, I don't know why it's going wrong. And that's my biggest uh, problem now. Yeah. The um, one thing I want to back up to when you talked about File Explorer, I detested File Explorer. When Now, to be fair, my experience with Windows was Windows Vista. That was the only Which, Windows I ever used. So I never used any good Windows. I only used the worst Windows that was ever written. Yeah, you picked the worst one. <laughs> right, right. And and I did it belligerently. Like they didn't even support it at work. But it was like, if you're going to make me use Windows, I'm not going to use the one you want me to use. Because they were still using Windows XP like you know seven years after uh, Vista came out. So the company actually skipped over Vista. I was probably the only one who used it. Um, but the thing that I really like and appreciate about the Finder and I think this is different, at least it was, is that anytime you open a save as dialog box, like you're in any application and you say save as, that window is the finder. It is identical to the finder. It looks exactly, the stuff in the sidebar is the same. And whenever I went into the file explorer in that way from an application, I was lost. I couldn't figure out where my stuff was. Got it. From my understanding, programmers can use Windows Explorer there's an API, and they can easily use that as part of their software, and people just choose not to and build their own. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay. So there's a lot of tools you can get on the Mac, not a lot of, but a few that people swear by better finder things. Oh, I can't think of any any right now, but there's people who just live and die for those. But the fact that they don't exist in the save as dialog box, I, they're out. I can't I can't use it if it's going to be in two different places. I'll tell you one fun thing about finder windows. If you have a folder you access all the time, you can just drag it into the sidebar of a finder window. 
and then it's available in every Finder window. Got it. So anytime yeah, you open up the Finder, you can just get right to that folder. And you can drag them in and out. When you get tired of them, you just drag them out until they go poof. Yeah, I got excited because I got my Synology folders into Finder. And I was proud of myself. There you go. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Figured it out. I'm like, yay. Yeah, I just did something recently I heard on the Mac Geek App was the idea of putting um, uh, network attached storage devices into the top of Finder windows. So you can drag things if you hold the, I'm going to go with command key, uh, double check it right here, but you can drag things into the uh, f- into the top of a Finder window. And if you hold out, no, is it control, command? I don't know. It's one of those. Neither of them, none of them are working right now. Um, but you can drag them in with one of the modifier keys and actually have them in there. So now I have one called uh, uh, Al Backup, which is on my Synology and my financial folder on the Synology. It's a little bit weird because when you eject them, they show as question marks. Oh, so great. when you click them, then they show up as the real icon. But if you, uh, if you uh, eject them, they just turn into question marks, which is kind of disconcerting. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll give that a shot. Actually, what's funny, too, is when you talk about the keyboard commands... Reminds me of Egyptian hieroglyphics. Sometimes you'll look at a reference guide and it'll just have squiggly line, squiggly line, zero. And you're like, what is that? <laughs> so I'm getting used to the to the keyboard commands too. Oh, yeah. So that's actually from before we started recording. I was asking Jill as I was teaching her a couple of things. Do you like keyboard commands or do you want to right click and get contextual menus? And she goes, well, I don't know any keyboard commands right now. So let's go with the contextual menus. But uh, I, I don't think it was more than three or four years ago that I got to where I could consistently tell which one was control and which one was option if you saw it in a menu list. I just sit there looking at it going, yeah, I don't know. Looks, I'll just, I'll just push one of those buttons and hope one of them is the one they mean because I, I, I often can't tell either. Well, the big thing I did this weekend is I moved my Stream Deck over to my MacBook and redid them all. Redid all my screens, all my windows, made new windows so that I could remember less commands and just push buttons. Oh, okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So Jill, this, this is another perfect example of Jill all in. Um, I, I think you got your stream deck before me, right? Yes. And you were one of the people who were like, Allison, seriously, you need a stream deck. You, so this is your fault. You made me spend money. That's uh, right. I felt good about that. <laughs> fair is fair. Yeah, amongst the other 38 people who told me to use it over the last five years. But uh uh, so you recreated them, I, I guess, because all the commands would be completely different from what you had it set up on the PC, right? Right, right. So that that's really a commitment to the Mac that you did that, I think. Yeah. I'm one of those people when I get a new computer, Windows or now Mac, is I spend the first two weeks just deep diving into customizing it, making it easy, and trying to just do everything I can do to make everything after that first two weeks so much better. Okay, so there's a Chinese proverb I'm probably misquoting, uh, but the way my boss used to say it was there's always time to stop and sharpen the knife. And right. the idea is, you know, if you're doing something repetitively or, you know, in a, in a clumsy way that can be made smoother, stop and sharpen the knife and it's going to be faster in the long run. But you're always thinking, oh, no, I got to get this thing done. I can't do that. Um, yeah, so I added my yeah, so I did my first podcast on Mac and it was the same thing like nothing was organized and this was a mess and it took me forever. And even I do a fun movie quote and I didn't know how to get it out of other apps into 
my Hindenburg. So I had I found Loopback, and so I started using that. But yeah, it was a basically a weekend of me just getting frustrated, going, "How do I do this? How do I get this done?" Oh, you should call for help more often. You should bug oh, me should. all the all the time. You know, I love to do that. I do that for strangers. Oh. You absolutely do, but it was also Sunday right before your podcast, so I thought... Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm a little impatient. when I do have people ask me questions at like three minutes to five on a Sunday. It's like, come on, it's been at five o'clock for like 10 years. It's I'm always busy right now, but... Uh, you got a lot going on on Sunday, so I wasn't going to do it. Just but. a little bit extra, yeah. The thing I love about Jill, and now I'm talking to the audience here, is um, there's you, you get so good at things that I'm not good at. I started using Hindenburg what, three years before you, but you sat down and watched all their videos and, and read all their documentation on how to use the tool. And there's still a lot of stuff. I'm positive if I just sat down and read all the documentation and did all of the videos that I would be able to do things much more quickly. And maybe I, maybe I would someday begin to love Hindenburg. I like Hindenburg, but I definitely do not love Hindenburg. I, I feel like it's just got a little bit of sand under the fingernails the whole time. Sure. No, that makes sense. Um, but I do like uh, how Jill learns. Uh, right before we got started, she's just bought uh, Audio Hijack. Never used it before, just bought it recently and and uh, said, well, Allison says it's amazing, so I guess I better buy this thing. This is going to help me do my podcast. And uh, so before we started, I said, okay, well, let's get you set up so you can record this session. And I took her through what I would call the upper division course in using Audio Hijack. And she's just like, okay, I do this, I do that. Okay, I do it like this. Okay, like that, like that. Okay, got it. I understand. And you picked that up quicker than anybody has ever picked it up uh, in, in going through that. Now, I know I didn't explain a lot of the nuances, but we are now recording. You're going to hear uh, Jill's voice in theory in, uh, is going to sound great because she's recording her end and, and my end, and I'm recording my end and her end. And then when we splice it back together, it'll just be the best of both worlds. Yeah, in theory, we'll see. <laughs> well, and that's what got me my job was learning software. My The company I work for, my software is huge, and I've spent time in a hotel where someone said, Jill, can you do a demo of this other product you sell tomorrow? And I'm like, sure. And then I'd learn that product overnight in the hotel room and then demo it the next day. So that's my one special power is learning software. Oh, okay. Okay. That's interesting. I regret that I do as many videos for Screencasts Online as I do because it, it means Don McAllister doesn't do as many as he used to. And I used to love to watch him teach it because he would poke buttons and find things that I would never find on my own. And uh, and I miss learning from him because he would do the the heavy work because that is not my forte. I have found that the best way to, uh, to, to learn an application, though, is to teach it. I should probably teach Hindenburg once so that I have to. <laughs> right. That's right. But yeah, that's that's exactly it. And so, but that's what I'm spending all my time doing now is just learning software, learning things. I bought Moom so I could get all my windows in the right place. And I'm just watching videos and reading documentation, trying a number of different apps to figure out how to do it. So it's been a deep dive on all sorts of software this week. So um, yeah, Jill is talking about M-O-O-M. It's uh, yeah. Moom just in case somebody can't understand what we're saying there. Um, yeah. It's an application that allows you to set up window positions and then have them be memorized by uh, by Moom. You can do uh, things like say, okay, I want the left third of the screen to be this window, or you can just freeform, put it somewhere, and then have it be stored. I live on Moom when I'm doing screencast online videos because the last thing in the world you can stand when you're learning through a video screencast is to have the window just move by a 16th of an inch all of a sudden. So we have to record, and it takes me a week 
week to record these things. So we have to keep that window still. It has to be exactly in the same spot. Um, I was working with uh, Folga in my most recent video, and one of the things that uh, the developer needs to, to fix, and it's on my list of things for him to work on, is that certain actions when you when you get out of the main window, when you go back to the main window, it's a different size. And it really needs to go back to the same size. But I, I uh, set up a, a memorized screen size on Moom, and I set up one of my buttons on my screen deck, uh, stream deck to, uh, to bring it back into the right size. So I kept pressing that little button and making it come back. A little bit disconcerting for, no, disconcerting, discombobulating, whatever, annoying to the user to see it move. But that was the, uh, the workaround I came up with. But yeah, Moom is, Moom is a cool tool. I definitely don't use it to its uh, full extent. Well, in most of the software I'm trying, people may not know this, but your website, podfeed.com, is an amazing resource for everything Mac. And so I've just been digging through all your back podcast updates and, and looking when you use this software, that software, how did you solve this problem? And now that's super speedy because your website is all fixed up. I'm just <laughs> reading it like a book. I'm just going back and looking at everything I can find now that I am in the Mac world. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Uh yeah, there certainly is a little bit of content after 17 years of uh, 5,000 words a week in blog posts. <laughs> so that's a little bit. Have you gotten sucked into um, uh, Keyboard Maestro yet? I have not. and You need it, I, Jill. That's, yeah, that's on my <laughs> list. That is on my short list of things to do as well as some automation and doing – Things to make everything a lot easier. So I am getting there. I'm not there yet. I'm trying to still get over the shock of I'm using a Mac every day. But, <laughs> well, I but think, that is on the list. I think Keyboard Maestro will probably make you really happy because it is it is an automation tool. It's uh, really, really rich and powerful. And it's reliable. You know, I've just started dipping my toe into shortcuts. And I'm getting back out of the pool, man. It is... It is so janky. It is really buggy. Like when I was working on the the macro I talked about recently, where I was uh, working with Hazel to do some automation, and I wanted to use a shortcut in it. And twice when I I accidentally deleted a block in in shortcuts, and then I hit Command Z to undo, it it dumped at me out of the shortcut I was writing and completely erased everything I had done twice. Oh my god. Repeatable. So it's like and my my fingers are going to hit command Z as soon as I do something wrong. I can't stop them from doing that. I have another repeatable bug I found on the uh on the iPhone version of uh of shortcuts where I I I email myself things all the time. That's how I remember to that, hey, I want to look at this later. And so I thought, you know what? I bet there's a shortcut. That's got to be a pretty simple shortcut. I'm not going to write it. Somebody else has written it. I go in and I go to the gallery, email me, boom. So I go in and I give it my email address. I say, well, I want from and to to be the same email address. I hit save and it crashes shortcuts. Oh, like, no. oh, that's an aberration. Let me do it again. Crashed it again. Repeatable crash. It's like, you can't even do that. <laughs> So anyway, stay away from shortcuts, but look at okay. uh, Keyboard Maestro. If you want to get into automation, I think that's probably the best place to do it right now. Um, and great. it's got a, it's got great developers. Uh, it's it's accessible. It's I, I can't say enough good stuff. I'm not as good as I want to be at that either, but I dabble enough to get stuff done. And then I don't watch all the videos and read all the training materials like you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard because... Uh... I, I do read the, a lot of the manuals, but there are so many ways that you can learn things faster, like YouTube. And so I, sh you know, I 
should maybe get a little bit away from the manuals and a little <laughs> bit more into YouTube and some of the other podcasts that uh, also have some tutorials in there. Yeah. So so you said it was like a three-act play. The first act was you bought the tools and you sort of used them, but mostly kept the uh, the Mac in a bag. And then the now you've actually made the switch. So uh, is there any more in the in the second phase or should we move on to the third phase? Um, no, we can move to the third phase. So that's the future. <laughs> <laughs> where do you want to go? So where I want to go? Well, the intermediate future is I really want to get a Touch ID keyboard. So I mm. love my MacBook and I love the Touch ID, actually. It works a lot better for me than the iPhone 1 did, which never could get my fingerprint right ever. And if I could get a Touch ID keyboard, that would just make my whole life perfect. But I can't get there yet. I just mentally cannot spend another the money. What for is it? it? It's a lot. One hundred forty nine. One hundred forty nine dollars. Yeah. It is pretty sweet though. Yeah. But you've got Touch it, ID I, on your Mac, right? Right. Yep. So you don't really it, have a great excuse for it because you got it right there, right? Right. I don't have a great excuse. So that's my intermediate futures. I want to do this. I'm going to redo where my laptops are and everything else to make it a lot easier to pull in and pull out the laptops. But really the future of it is that eventually my Windows machine is going to die completely. It is pretty old. I did some things over Christmas to soup it up a bit by giving it a big SSD drive and some other things. Took off all the things that were on Mac, completely removed them from my Windows machine. So oh. it forced me, except for Hindenburg. Oh, yeah. wow. So you really, you really, uh, you, you took away the crutch. I took away the crutch, and I had this thing I used to call my digital life, where essentially I don't, I have a lot of stuff, and books, I have bookcases of books, and I don't really read them anymore. I use my iPad, I use my Kindle, now I have the MacBook, and so now I'm really gearing everything towards this digital life. I don't really need half the stuff in this house anymore, because I live in a digital world now, and that's really the future of where I'm going with it, so... Yeah. You know, that reminds me uh, a long time ago. I've been retired for many years now, uh, but I remember we traveled out to uh, Tucson to visit some people. I forget why we were out there. And we met a guy who was a, a high-ranking technical person, and he was explaining how they ran out of space in their in their offices, and they, they did not have enough space to house a number of people that they'd hired. So they put everyone in cubicles— Nobody had an office, and nobody had their own cubicle. Oh, boy. And he's and everybody on this trip was highfalutin. I, you know, my power base is the fact that I have an office with a door, and I have my stuff, right? And he said that I. They told me they wanted me to try doing it, and I told them I couldn't possibly do it because I had all these books. And you know what they did? They scanned in all my books, and they gave them to me on a CD. Oh, they wow. scanned in all of my books, and then oh, he says, and then I realized. I didn't need anything that was in my office. I come in with my laptop, I plug into Ethernet, there's a there's a phone, there's a there's a big display, and I work. And then I can leave and I can walk into a completely different office. And and I know I think people probably take that for granted nowadays. That's a lot more the way people work. But that was mind-blowing to me to me to think yeah. about I don't need my stuff. How could I not need my stuff? I think I need right. drawers with pencils and paper in them and that maybe some maybe some tape once in a while and that's it. Just stuff to scratch notes on. Right. Yeah. Well, now I'm full-time at home. I mean, my company was resistant towards working from home and since the pandemic, they said, "No, it worked really well." 
So I've been cleaning out my office at my workplace for the last couple of weeks. I'm going to stay at home, except maybe go in for once in a while. And I think we're going to go to a office hoteling reservation system. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think there's some value to being able to get out of your own house, you know, and, yeah. and go, like you say, the, the hoteling kind of thing. Uh, I'm looking forward to a time when I can go back to Starbucks. I used to, when I was working every other week, I would go to Starbucks and just, I would write and I would mostly yak with Bart at the time. Uh, I'd sit there and type back and forth with Bart and, and I'd work on the podcast. And there was something about being in a different environment that was stimulating to me and the little murmur of people chattering and stuff. I, except one time there were some Russians in the, in the room and I kept wanting to try to listen and understand what they were saying. And that was really hard to work then. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's hard because in past times when we moved offices, I got there at five o'clock in the morning to claim my window desk. Nobody oh. was going to get a window desk. I'm going to get the window desk because I like bird watching and I wanted to see all the birds. And for me to cough up my window desk has been hard, but. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so uh, what else on the uh, on the Mac uh, in your in your future? What do you see? Really doing deep dives on learning everything, trying to, you know, get back into the software. I've owned day one forever, but I was using it on the iPhone. I'm really looking forward to using it as a full-blown app because it has a lot more abilities. Half the things I didn't know were Mac apps that just got ported over to iPhone. So it's almost like a whole new world for me, learning Bartender and and all these other ways that I can make my life easier. I mean, even focus mode because... Um, I don't know if you ever recorded a podcast and Telegram beeps you. I nearly leaped out of my skin because someone buzzed a noise and I jumped. And then I'm like, focus mode. You could do focus mode. And so I'm learning all sorts of things. But it's primarily uh, doing the software, learning automation. And I'm going to move all my photography and my raw photo editing over here. Well, that's going to be nice. That's going to be yeah, nice on I that screen and, and the speed. The speed, yeah. especially, that's gonna that's got to be a big difference for you. Now, what what do you use for your raw photo editing? Well, I was between two. I have previously used Capture One. Okay, I think it's Capture One, and it's a really great raw photo editor piece. And so I had a big dual, like a war with is it DXO or DX Zero? Something like know. that. DXO is what I call it in my head. Yeah, DXO. Right. And so what I did is I took some of my raw photos because what I do with it is I take pictures of birds that I can't see. They're way mm. back there. Okay. And then I use my raw photo editor and it cleans them up and I can see actually what that was. Oh. And so I did this big like this versus that, this versus that. And Capture One did a little bit better. So I think I'm going to Stick with Capture One for now. I really like that program. They come up with a lot of features. Plus, I bought some filters for it already. But okay. it's certainly, I'm not I, opposed to going off. I think DxO's big big win of a feature is it's denoising. Uh, so my solution is when I've got a photo I need to denoise, I just send it to uh, uh, either Alistair Jenks or to Stephen Getz, and I have him do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> that works no, for me. Right. <laughs> I've yeah, outsourced and, it. Yeah, and Capture One has a wonderful denoiser. It has okay. some really good functionality that way too. Like I said, I tested them both, and they're both great. Now, so. have you had to rebuy a lot of applications? Uh, CorelDRAW. I use CorelDRAW for graphics. So when I'm, I am on the verge of starting three more podcasts. <laughs> oh. Why not? And <laughs> so I needed new graphics. So I use CorelDRAW for those types of efforts. I make my own Christmas cards and birthday cards. So I use CorelDRAW for that. So I had to rebuy that. Um, is that a pixel pixel drawings or are they vectors? 
They're vector graphics. Oh, nice. Vector graphics. Yeah, it's a really nice vector graphics. That was the mainstay in Windows forever. Yeah. And I know that there are probably a lot of really good vector apps out there for Mac, but I knew this one because I used it for since version 4. So, I don't think I even thought CorelDRAW was still around. I think they it, got sold um, to a conglomerate. I remember, I, I feel like I knew CorelDRAW like. I want to say in the very early Mac days, am I, I might be misremembering. Somebody will correct me whether I remember correctly, but I think it was uh, like around the time of Mac Paint. It was like, you know, one of those kind of tools, early, early day tools. Um, yeah, I think you should do a review of that. Make a note. Yeah, I certainly could do that. Um, but uh, Capture One is both places. Um, Office is both places. So you didn't have did to rebuy up- Capture One then? No, oh, nice. I d- yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I, I had to buy something, but I found a cheesy way of buying it for cheaper. So I did that. I bought a permanent license instead of annual. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, I wish there was a better Mac app for radar. I, I love my radar and it's on the iPhone, but it is not on the Mac. So have you checked there. to make sure it can't run as a, oh, they said yeah. they check the box to not let you use it? Because like, yeah. developers have to actively say, I don't want them to be able to use this on the Mac. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't work. But there are some things. I didn't have to buy anything fresh again. Everything else, uh, one password, everything worked the way I expected it to. But I did pick up SetApp, a year of that to see and try things out. And Parallel Desktop, I did buy that. Uh, I think you mean and, Parallel's Toolbox, by the oh, way. Oh, sorry. Parallel Toolbox, yeah. 100% so of the time I say that backwards. Yeah. I did a re- I've done a couple of things on Parallel's Toolbox, and I have to go back and edit all the time where I say backwards on my uh, videos for Don. Right. And then the last thing was amphetamine so that I could close the lid and and have the monitors work still. Okay. Um, if you have Parallels Toolbox, you don't need amphetamine. Okay. I it's bought it before that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I bought it okay. before that piece. Yeah, setup's a good idea too. because um, I, I like it because I could try some really expensive applications and, and see how they feel for me. And do I keep using them after a while? I have a tendency to buy them if I've started using them a lot. I don't. There's no logic to that. I just do. Um I keep paying for it, but and and I just keep thinking, oh, maybe I don't need it anymore. And then I try another thing, and I really like it. Um, I figured it was a good way to get experience with a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned. So let me explain what loopback is to the audience, and then I want to understand how you said that Windows could already do this. So right. loopback allows you to create virtual audio sources. So um, when I'm doing the live show. I want the live audience to be able to hear my microphone, but I want them to also be able to hear Hindenburg. So when I do playback, uh, let's say Jill has done a review and I want the live audience to be able to hear Jill, I need to combine Jill's voice coming out of Hindenburg and the voice coming out of my mic into my mic into one source. And so one of them's an application. So that's not a real source to most audio applications. Uh, you know, if you go into Zoom, for example, you only get to pick one, right? But I need to be able to combine two. And uh, I use loopback to do that. I just say, okay, take the output from Hindenburg, an application, and the output from my mic, shove it together, and make that be one input. And then I can use it anywhere I want. You're saying that was our, that's built into Windows? Right. I could take, well, one, the thing that I was doing is I get a fun entertainment advice of the week. So I get some piece of entertainment from a movie or a TV show Mm -hmm. and I bring that into Hindenburg and that worked out of the box in Windows. So you mean you would hit play and, and you could record it into. Yeah. 
So basically, it would open up anything that was making a noise on my Windows machine. So if it's YouTube, if it's Netflix, if it's the Apple app, if it was playing a sound, I could just record it in Hindenburg without anything. And it was not working in Mac. So actually, that's the job that Audio Hijack solves. Right. Not, not loopback. Loopback is for combining sources. I mean, you could do it. I think maybe you could do it with, with uh, loopback, but Audio Hijack's job is to hijack an audio source and put it and send it somewhere. Uh, gotcha. Loopback is for combining sources. Uh, and there's ah. actually ways to do that in other tools uh, that are built into the Mac, but they're kind of clumsy and annoying. So it's a, it's gotcha. a lot easier with, uh, with loopback. Well, I did the last episode with loopback, but I will look at Audio Hijack to see if I can do it better. <laughs> yeah, well, that's interesting. So what, we, what was it you were trying to play? You had a you had an audio recording. Um, I had I, I used YouTube where I found a video clip of a TV show and I wanted to bring that in to record the audio for my podcast. I see, I see. Yeah, that that's see. yeah. Audio hijack would be probably a little bit easier way to do that. But if you find a way to do it with loopback, that's cool. That's that's yeah. an interesting use of it. Um, now you you keep your laptop docked most of the time. Now I do right now. So now it's sitting downstairs in the dock, ready to be. Um, brought out of sleep, and then put on my two monitors. Okay. Um, you made a note in your notes here that you're worried about wrecking your battery by having it docked all the time? All the time, right? Because it did wreck my old work laptop. The battery juice just started dying through the pandemic because I never left. Yeah. So it turns out in uh, if you look in system preferences under, uh, I don't know, I just do searches for, oh, under battery, uh, right now, what the what the Mac will do is it'll often charge to eighty percent. Like, let's say you've been using it away from your desk, you bring it back, it'll charge it to eighty percent until the time it thinks that you usually leave, which is a really interesting thing. But it's uh, right now I'm using my laptop and it's going in and out of it's sitting at one hundred percent, and I I wouldn't really worry about it. The Mac uh, it's software, the Apple software, does uh, optimize the battery. I figured it does it for the iPhone, so there was a deep part of my soul that hoped it did it for the Mac, too, so I was... Yeah, so in System hoping. Preferences, Battery, and then Battery, <laughs> there's a second tab that says uh, there's an optimized battery charging that I believe is on by default. It says, to reduce battery aging, your Mac learns from your daily charging routine, so it can wait to finish charging past 80% until you need to use it on battery. Mine oh, tends to hit 100%, but hey, I buy Apple Care for that. <laughs> right. Right. So I hope I'm doing everything right. I'm learning how to get it out of sleep and into sleep, you know, and not shut it down. Because every time I would shut down my old MacBook, you're like, why are you shutting it down? So I'm not shutting it down anymore. We're just sleeping. Yeah, it, that is a funny yeah. thing to get used to. A lot of people, uh, when they first get a Mac, they shut it down all the time. And it's it's strange to not do that. But then you end up rebooting for software updates and stuff pretty often. Uh, there are people who believe you should up reboot once a week. I run into weirdness often enough that I don't need to do that because it lets it, I find reasons to do it anyway. When when I was on IT, that was my first question. So when was the last time you rebooted your computer? Let's give that a shot. <laughs> and those were all Windows machines because you'd get memory leaks and... Yeah, I don't think that's bad advice on a Mac either. I think that's a that's a cross-platform solution right there. It's just like, I don't know, just reboot it. Well, and the nice thing is, your how long's your uh, MacBook Pro take to uh, reboot now, your M1? Oh, it's fast. 20 it's seconds, longer. 30 seconds yeah, kind of thing. very fast. Yeah, you can't The biggest problem is the button. The button's inside. The, the, is the biggest problem with it is the button's inside, and so you have to sort of get 
it open in my shelf, stick your hand in there and turn it on. And oh, like oh, it's in a in. shelf. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, it's in a very narrow shelf. I talk to a lot of people who do this clamshell mode thing, and I don't, I don't get it because I like having it out because it's another monitor. I can put stuff over there. Right now, I'm looking over at my at my uh, laptop. Yeah, I bought I bought a new monitor stand that will allow me to leave it on top. Right now, I just have two arms side by side uh, with both Dell monitors, and so now they're going to stack one on top of the other. Okay, cool, cool. And then the MacBook will go on the side, so I'll be able to see all three and then have access to the Touch ID so I don't have to buy the keyboard. Oh, oh, but, that's why you need the keyboard, because you can't reach inside to touch it. I got it. Okay, right. okay. One other question about applications. How Do you find it difficult to get your head wrapped around closing a window doesn't quit the app? Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> desperate. Like, why aren't you shutting down? Why aren't you closing? And there's a part of me wonders, too, like, if people are saying, well, why are you bothering? I keep a very tidy app list running. And I do it on my iPhone, too. I know you don't have to. And when I close it, it doesn't close. And I'm like, why aren't you closing? So, yes. <laughs> well, it is closing. It's not quitting. <laughs> yeah, quitting, right. Well, this has been really fun. I have never talked to somebody who uh, who did this full changeover at at this stage, who was really good at it. You know, some people just don't care. They're like, I don't know, just whatever. It's a computer. I don't, you know, I'm not really in a computer. It's a tool. But for you, it's a tool. It's a hobby. It's a joy. It's part of your 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 fun in life. And to have taken that big step, I I don't know that I could take that step in the other direction. That would be, uh, I'd have a lot of inertia to overcome to do that. About three years ago, I just decided that I wanted not to have a desktop anymore. I wanted to have a laptop, and I wanted to only one own one computer. <laughs> and it was everywhere. I brought it everywhere. It's everything I did. And this MacBook, because it is so powerful and it does so many things, allowed me to do that. So, Except that you also bought a Mac Mini. Well, yeah, except for the Mac And you have your work laptop, and then you have your and gaming laptop. Okay, and good. It, it got you down to four. <laughs> but other than that, this is my only machine. <laughs> Okay, there cannot be a better place to stop this conversation. Jill, this has been so much fun. Uh, if you uh, ever want to come back and uh, maybe come back with a gripe list, that would be fun. Oh. Like, why does this not work? And you could just, every other one, you can keep saying that delete will be the death of you. Yeah, great. <laughs> I will do that. All right, thank you. All right, wait, wait, wait. Plug your show. Tell people about your podcast. All right, my podcast is Start With Small Steps, and the e the website is smallstepspod.com, and it's a quick 17-minute productivity book review. I call it like a high school book review, but you just quick talk about a book, talk about an article, and try to help people out. And they're, they're motivational, I would say, right? I try to, yeah, make them motivational to get people out, you know, who feel like they might be stuck out of being stuck. Yeah, and that, then maybe if they want to read the book, they can read the book, too. Yeah, that's actually a, a good description. Get you out of being stuck, whether it's stuck on weight loss or exercise or treating yourself right or getting motivated to do things. There, you cover a lot of different topics, but probably the underlying theme is getting out of being stuck. I think that's a really good description of it. I love the show, and, and the theme song makes me dance as, uh, as I hear the show coming on. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks a lot, Jill. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad-supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says Support the Show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, 
click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the Nocilla Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other Nocilla Castaways. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.